welcome to Yes, That Actually Happened, where we tackle some of history's weirdest moments. My name is Erin, and with me today is, of course, Jay. Hi. Of the podcast High School Author Wannabe. That's me. Remember, listen to the end of our uh, show so that way we can talk about the topic next week and how you can support the show. So today's show is about one of my favorite subjects, espionage. I've always loved spy movies, my favorite being Bridge of Spies, starring Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, if you're listening, you're one of my favorite actors, and feel free to send me an autograph. (laughs) Just plugging that in there. I want one. (laughs) So what about you? Were you into spying as a kid? Um, yes and no. Does it count if I love the Spy Kids movies? (laughs) I mean, yeah, they were fun. Uh, I think I was a little too old for them to, like, really get into them, but yeah, yeah, why not? I love the first and second one. I think that was really all it. I guess, where are those, uh, like, Ocean's Eleven? I never got into those, to be honest. I only watched, the like, the first one and then the latest one that came out with it, with all women. I remember when I was younger, my brother had a monthly spy kit, like, one of those things you got off Scholastics. So cute. And it would send you, like, missions that you had to do and, like, puzzles to figure out. And it also sent you different spy things. So, like, you had, like, the invisible pens and, like, the little boxes that hid stuff and, like, yeah. paper that you could eat after you wrote a note on it to, like, so that way you destroyed the message. That's, it was, like, sugar paper? No, it was starch, and it tasted disgusting. Oh, gross. It's made of potatoes. That's cute, though. Yeah, so that was my experience in the spy world. <laughs> so, when I first heard this particular story we're going to talk about, it was just a small blip, and I thought it was fake. And it is a really interesting piece of history involving World War II, Germany, and England. Hmm. With that said, let's get started. So, this story begins with the main character, Juan Pujol Garcia, who was born on Valentine's Day in 1912 Spain. He had a variety of odd jobs and was managing a chicken farm during the Spanish Civil War in 1936 when he was drafted and first sent to Barcelona. Wanting nothing to do with this war between the different factions, he ditched and hid out in his fiancé's house, where he had to remain, you know, in the house so he wouldn't be seen and executed as a deserter. He was eventually discovered just before Christmas and was lucky that instead of being executed, he was taken to jail instead and was later rescued in a jailbreak arranged by his then fiance Margarita. Aw. So true love. Well, it didn't last. Oh. He married awkward. someone else. Oh, wow. <laughs> Left her in the dirt. <laughs> so for a while, he was a fugitive at a house, unable to even speak most days. You know, he had to pretend he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. This would change his outlook on life. Later, he settled down in Madrid as a hotel manager and married Arceli Gonzalez and had a child, Joan. So it was during the Spanish Civil War that he began to hate the political extremists and communism. This is important because it is what caused him to decide to join the cause against Germany in World War II. Mm -hmm. He said he did it for the good of humanity. So how did he let the British know that he wanted to join them? In 1941, he marched up to the embassy and announced that he would offer his services of spying on Germany for them. That is... I love that. (laughs) Hi, I would like to spy on Germany, please. Thank you. You're hired. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure you could tell how they would react to that. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, what is this? What's happening? Yeah, they reacted as well as you could be suspected for some random random Spanish guy walking into embassy and telling him he was going to spy on him. He was not (laughs) taken seriously. He actually approached them several times with the help of his wife, and all the times they're just like, thanks, no thanks, we're good. He does have some spy experience just from his war stuff, although it wasn't extensive, huge Mm -hmm. background. It was just like he knew he how to kind of pull some stuff off. Yeah. This is where it gets really fun. 
So the British wouldn't hire him, so he did the next logical thing. Did you go to Germany? He did go to Germany. Hi, I'd like to I'd like to spy on the British. They wouldn't take me. I'll yes. just go to the highest bidder or any bidder, please. Yep. He told Germany and that he would spy for them. I would like to point out he hated fascism and communism, so even though he offered his services to Germany, he never intended to actually help them. So he hates both sides? He just hates everything? No. Just- <laughs> no. After getting him some training, giving him orders, you know, he had to build up a reputation, he had to have some papers, pretend he's like this fanatic. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some training background, obviously he managed to pass. His German handler sent him to England, and his codename is Alaric. Only, he never actually went to England. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he was able to go to London, if he had the papers to do so. I don't even know if he's ever been to London at this point. Okay. So instead of going to England like they sent him, he went to Lisbon in Portugal. Why? <laughs> just, to, just to go? <laughs> so they sent him to England to spy on the, you know, yeah. them, and also to build up a network of spies, to build up more people for the cause, to get more people underground in their form. Mm-hmm. Instead, he went to Lisbon, and he used timetables, maps, newsreels, and movies to fake the fact that he was in London and give false information of his whereabouts and activities. I love that. He was building up these fellow spies for the cause and giving the bios of these people who are interested in the Nazi um, extremist movement. Mm-hmm. And none of these people actually existed. Why? <laughs> he was just bored? <laughs> no, like, you know, he's like giving them the runaround basically. Like, yeah, yeah, we have spies. I'm making spies. I'm doing all of this work for Germany. But he's not. He's you know not. What? I'll he- take it. <laughs> as yeah. long as he's against like Nazis. We're good. (laughs) Yep. This entire time, I'd like to point out, like, he was still, I don't know how often after that, I think he waited a little bit, but he was still technically approaching the embassy and trying to get the English to let him spy for him. Oh, so he could play both sides, or did he actually want to help England? He actually wanted to help England. Oh, okay. Because he hated the Germans and what they stood for. That's fair. That's such a roundabout way, though. He made up all these fake bios of people who were interested in this. They didn't exist, and he was not actually recruiting anyone from Germany. So this is also important. Mm-hmm. There were some problems he did have. For one thing, everything was on a different currency then, um, and obviously he wasn't actually there. So some of the things he sent them was wrong. You know, if he was doing billing expenses, like, it would just be off. So it'd be like if work sent me somewhere and I said I spent $200 on lunch. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. He made errors that raised eyebrows. This is also where his fake agents who worked for him played an important role. Mm-hmm. If reports got mixed up, if there were obvious mistakes with information, or if he didn't pass information that he should have been able to easily get. Oh, blame your interns. <laughs> yep. He would blame the incompetence of these agents who did not exist. So he would claim to drop them as spies if they were incompetent. He would say that they were ill, so they didn't report the information in time. He even reported the death of one. Yep. Do you think he had a notebook keeping track of, like, who he's killed off? He would have like, to. okay, that guy I killed off, um, I fired him. Okay, we need, like, two more guys. <laughs> I mean, think about it, though. If you have people who actually know what they're doing and you're giving them incorrect information that they realize is false, you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, they'll kill you without even a second thought. So now, more fun twists in the story. So obviously in times like this, people on both sides know there's coded information or spies going on. So the British caught wind of Garcia from his messages because they were able to get some messages from the radios and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They were panicked. 
They had no idea who this guy was. They knew there was some random spy on their soil. Yeah. And the information didn't always make sense, which really confused them with the inconsistencies. But he was just convincing enough to allow them to think he was there. So, okay, so the English? Yes. Are catching wind that he's on their land. When he's not. But he's not even in the country. Correct. But since the Germans think he is, and since he's, like, giving all this information to the Germans, that's what they're getting. They're expecting this guy to be here, and they cannot find him. Is he? You know what? Start checking under, I don't care, trash cans, back alleys, floorboards, tear them up. He's like, hey, man, I I wanted to work for you, and you said no, so this is is on you. It is on them. So eventually, (laughs) they kind of put two and two together. I think he went to the embassy again, and they suddenly, like, oh... Got it. We got this now. Hey, let's bring you aboard since you obviously know what you're doing. Yeah. Garcia was giving, given the name Garbo by his English handler based on the actress Greta Garbo because of his ability to adopt so many different roles effortlessly. Cute. The British got him settled in actual London and started helping him by giving him information that was true to pass on the Germans. For example, giving the Nazis also information about the upcoming Operation Torch involving North Africa. Mm-hmm. Garcia told his handlers about British warships who are going to specific ports in North Africa. However, the messages were designed to arrive just slightly out of date, making the information, although correct, basically useless for the Germans. Mm-hmm. So his German handlers even said that, we are sorry they arrived too late, but your last reports were magnificent. Oh, wow. So he was like, they loved him. He was a great spy. They're like, yeah, he's not always on time, but he's helping us out. <laughs> This trust he created with the Germans allowed him to be given their code ciphers that were then passed on to the British so they could continue to keep up with what the Germans were doing. Oh my god. I love it. All this brings us to how he played a crucial role in D-Day. So in 1944, the Allies were planning to invade France on Normandy, now known as Mm D-Day, but was called Operation Overlord. In order to pull this off, the Allies needed to convince the Germans that, yes, they were planning to invade, but it was going to be some other place in order to guarantee success. Mm -hmm. This became known as Operation Fortitude. They used fake ships and inflatable tanks. Hmm. When three days after D-Day, Hitler sent the Panzer Division to go take care of the problem in Normandy, Garcia sent an urgent memo to Germany while they were en route to Normandy to convince them that it was a diversion and they still needed to go to Pas de Calais. They actually turned around and changed where they were going. And a lot of people think that this actually helped the outcome of D-Day and kept it from being... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm surprised that they're... I mean, I guess, you know, they're but they're all taking so much information from, like, this one dude. But I guess it's all right. <laughs> Oh, my God. Except for this one. This one was not right. Oops, sorry, guys. My bad. This was an actual quote from Thomas Harris, who is Garcia's British M15 officer. Little were the Germans to know that the small, meek, young Spaniard who then approached them volunteering to go to London to engage in espionage on their behalf would turn out to be a British agent. Mm -hmm. Still less they were to discover that the network, which they instructed him to build up in the UK, was to be composed of 27 characters 
were nothing more than a figment of the imagination. That's so many people to keep track of that are fake. Remember you said that you needed a notebook to keep yeah, track of them all? Yeah, to. <laughs> I think they helped out a lot with it, but they definitely did all keep track of it. Best part is despite his information in D-Day, they still had no idea this guy was working against them. I'm not really sure how. I guess he had just had a lot of really good information that kept them from thinking it. Yeah. He ended up receiving an iron cross from Hitler for his service to Germany, which is one of the highest ranking things he could have gotten. That's iconic. <laughs> he was also a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire. Basically, he received the highest honors he could receive from both sides of the war. How do you... So he just, like, woke up and was like, I'm gonna go be a spy. And then he just was really good at it. I mean, again, he was in the army in the Spanish Civil War. They did have a lot of spy stuff in that time. Spy novels were a really big thing then. He did have some work at, like, hiding and pretending to not be somewhere where he actually was. I don't know. But he was really good at it, obviously. (laughs) I mean, he tricked Germany into thinking he was working for them and in London. He tricked the British into thinking that there was a spy in London. Yeah. And then kept tricking Germany after he was officially working for England and helped save D-Day. I I will say, he's not the only one, obviously, who have made D-Day a success, but he definitely did help turn the tide and keep forces out that would have otherwise... a dumb question. Go right ahead. What what happened from D-Day again? What one is D-Day... D-Day is where they invaded Normandy and really turned the tide of the war. Is that one Remember they stormed the-, the beach? Yeah. From that one movie? <laughs> what one movie? Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Moving on. I just want to make sure I was on the same page. I was pretty sure I was right, but I didn't want to be wrong. I was wondering if you were referring to the newer movie Dunkirk, so I was like wondering no. which one you were talking about. No. That's also a good movie, though. There's 27 people working under him who were incompetent at different times when it was convenient for him. I should use that at work. I don't think you should. I think I should. Sorry, this new guy that uh, I hired, actually, he sucks at his job. He didn't get anything done today. I don't think that would work. It wouldn't. I could try. So, in the end, he moved to Venezuela with his family after faking his death. He died on October 10th, 1988 at 76 while writing his memoir. Hmm. Or is he still alive? Pretty sure he's dead by now. Probably. I had several places where I did my research. If you're looking for a source, I'd suggest Stephen Talty's book, Agent Garbo, the brilliant eccentric secret agent who tricked Hitler and saved D-Day. Cute. So do you think you'd be good at spying? No. No. No, I like spilling secrets too much. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I have something I can't tell you. Okay, I can't tell you. Like, you can't tell anyone else. You can't tell Hitler. But, like, everything I told you is totally fake. I'm not even that guy. But you can't tell anybody. Yeah, you'd be bad at that. I'd be horrible. Would, I think, you, would you be good at it? I don't think so. But I think it'd be lonely. I don't know if I'd want to do it because... I mean, he wasn't, but, like, I feel like most spies tend to be so deeply ingrained into stuff that, like... Yeah. You're telling someone your entire history, and it's fake. I'd be so stressed out all the time. When we went to the spy museum with my family, I think in D.C., I literally couldn't even pick, like, one of those, like, you have to, like, pick a card and memorize everything on it. I'm really excited now. And then you go and you, like, have to make it through an airport security 
and they like pull you aside and you have to remember everything. I couldn't, I could not do it. I tried it four different times. Instead of like picking one card and just memorizing it, I would get bored with that one and pick a new one. I would be horrible. Wow. I was like, I'll get this new one. I'll get it this time. I really want to go there now. That sounds like a no, fun place. No, it's awesome. I highly recommend it for anyone in D.C. It's so fun. They've got, like, you walk through all this. You can see all this gear that they have. And, like, they talk about, like, movies versus, like, real life. Yeah. There's some hands-on stuff. It's awesome. I mean, I feel like if they were cool gadgets, it'd be kind of fun. But we know, obviously, that's fake. What? I know. They don't have All a of Spy Kids is wrong? All of Spy Kids is wrong. What? I thought it was based off of a true event. If I remember correctly, they had a lot of weird gadgets in that movie, didn't they? Yeah, that was the whole point. They had a microwave that would just, like, zap a bag and all of a sudden, boom, a whole McDonald's meal is ready for you. So if you have further questions on the topics that we've discussed or would like some source material to do your own research, you will find all that information by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you'd like to support us, find us on Buy Me a Coffee website. Any other questions, sponsorship offers, or episode ideas, email us at yesthatactuallyhappenedpodcast at gmail.com. So next week, you and I will be talking about a more locally-based story in Michigan. I see the last line, and I'm really excited. Yes, the Pirates of the Great Lakes. I love pirates! Mormon pirates. <gasps> pirates. Yes, join us next week, and we will talk more about that. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.